Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, July 12, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We'll start with the trend is your friend until she throws your crap out the window. The market continues to grind up. The question becomes, where are they headed? We started talking about it last night. We're looking for that place, which is and will be a stone-cold short opportunity. We'll talk more about it in this video. Let's start with the near-term stuff. Where are they? What do we use as a gauge? What keeps the market bullish? What is a failure? What does it look like? All that kind of stuff. So item number one is, is this candle important? Some will call it a doji candle. Some will call it a pseudo doji candle. Some will call it nothing. For now, I will just say the trend is your friend until it's not. The daily chart at this point is not necessarily the one in control. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is when you look at the weekly chart, you have a breakout situation. The market is breaking out. It's obvious. Take it at face value. Above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend. You have the 20 period moving average coming up to intersect the 100 and is about to cross over. This is the faster moving average. So therefore it's going to track price closer, which is why we call it home base. And yes, they will find resistance and pull back. And yes, they can still go higher. And yes, there's a number that still represents, at least for me, a stone cold short. But let's talk about some numbers. We're going to put a plural at the end, an S at the end. We're talking about some numbers. The first one we're talking about is 452. Again, it's a give or take. Maybe it's a spike above. Maybe it's a come up short. It's around 452. That's the actual number. Keep that one on a sticky note. You should have it there from last night. But there's other stuff going on. For example, let's discuss how this thing works the majority of the time. And the foundation of this part of the discussion is the market's job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. So forget the 452 for a moment and think about it in terms of a semi-fat, big and fat round number, 450. The market under normal garden variety conditions will be attracted to. It will get sucked up into and it will be at minimum of temporary overhead resistance. You'll get a bull bear battle. There'll be activity around 450. Fair enough. Doesn't mean they can't spike it and all that stuff up to 452. But generally speaking, we're looking at this. They'll run up either at or close to come up short of 452 on the first run. Maybe it's 449.20. Maybe it's 449.61. Maybe it's 448.99. They'll come up short of 450 and they'll have a pullback and they'll leave at the altar two sets of traders. Who are they? The first set of traders are ones that were long looking to exit at 450. They'll leave those folks standing at the altar. It's a screw job. They'll issue a pie in the face. They'll have to chase the market back down to get their exit. The other set of traders they'll screw over are the ones waiting for a short at 450. They'll come up short, begin to pull back, and they'll screw over those people just the same. 
And here's where they begin to wreak havoc. Let's draw a little diagram slash schematic. So the market runs up to, let's just say for argument's sake and this discussion, 449.20, okay? And there it is. It finds overhead resistance and it starts to pull back. Traders will begin to take a short trade as they begin to pull back. Why? Because they think that was the top. The market's going to look like it's making a top. It will be some kind of a gap in crap, some kind of reversal signal will take place. And this is a hypothetical, folks. I'm just mapping out what happens a lot of the time. There's no guarantees what's going to happen. And by the way, the market rarely does the exact thing that you map out. It does something different because this business is not that easy. That's just the way it works. But it's good to know the different schematics and we can have some fun doing it. So after the market tops out short of 450, what it'll do is suck traders into the short side. It'll begin to come down. They'll start to think that they're in the money. They'll start to count their money. They'll start to think in terms of an overnight gap in crap or a gap down the next day. They're going to get paid oodles and oodles of money. They caught the top, all that stuff. That's at the point which the market gaps up from somewhere, back up here, goes over the prior high, goes over 450, gets to my 452, maybe a little bit higher, and that ends up being a more important top and then they come back down again, but all these traders that were short before get stopped out, they're afraid to short it again, and that's generally speaking how the thing works, and they leave as many traders standing at the altar away from the short trade as they can, they really don't want to let you in. Who is they? In this case, they is the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew, also known as Trick and Company. Now that was a mouthful, you might want to rewind the tape and watch that segment again, but they do that kind of schematic a lot. Now, what else do we have in terms of what we need to know? Well, what happens if this thing starts to come down sooner or later? Where's that place that the market is A, no longer on a breakout, and B, starts to look like some kind of a failure? Remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes, aren't we? Well, let's look at it like this. Market ran up and was rejected. Ran up again and was rejected. Ran up again and instead of trying to get through that same area up here, it gapped above it. That's what happened today. Now this is breaking out. Well, what does that make the highest or last price in the sequence? It happens to be in this candle, 444.30. It makes 444.30 the breakout area, and an area A will ultimately be tested. They almost got there today. Traders in the live room were waiting on that place for a long trade. They didn't get there. We had other stuff going on, but certainly we discussed this in the live room a long time ago, meaning a long time ago today. Now, what can happen is they can get inside this last breakout area, fill the gap, and reverse back up. But if they fill the gap that was left open from last night, for example, and they start closing candles below the gap, starting with a 5-minute, a 10, a 15, a 30, an hourly, another hour, start closing candles, spending more time or a lot of time below the gap, that changes things from the current picture to what would be the current picture at the time, which is no longer a breakout, but a failed breakout, a spike above, and a failure operation in the making doesn't mean the chart turns bearish. It means the breakout is on hold. 
So it hinges on staying above 440-430 and the gap on candle closes, daily closes, hourly closes, half hour closes. It's about time, spending time above or below a certain place. You might want to earmark this stuff, write this down, put it on a sticky note. It is, as we say in the trading parlance, uber important. I gave you a lot of stuff in the S&P portion of the video tonight. What about inside the numbers? Well, here's what we're going to do. You're going to be able to read the whole thing, pause the video, double check the work. As always, I'm going to highlight a few important things. What they did was they melted up after the phony CPI data this morning. I believe tomorrow on Thursday, they have the phony PPI data. Whether or not that has the same or opposite effect, we don't know. But there's another kabuki-type situation ensuing 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. We call it the 8.30 a.m. data shuffle. So you can read the pre-market stuff, but it doesn't really mean much because the market took off after the phony CPI data. So let's fast forward a little bit. 8.33, CPI shuffle alive and well. So far, we've got the pop them higher situation. The trend is your friend until it's over. So therefore, we'll update the thing as we see more develop in the pre-market leading up to the opening bell. Got some ants in the pants, 845, had to put some stuff on the board. We've got the morning melt-up crew at work. For now, we're not worried about where support is until or unless she's back down around yesterday's close. However, we turn our focus to where could she be going and where overhead resistance is. Again, this is still considered somewhat of a zero dark 30-ish thing in terms of long before the opening bell. 446.65 is a place. You'll see later in the notes. We think better in pictures, by the way. Right of the vertical is today's activity. You'll see later in the notes that it became the pivot. 446.65. Above, she's bullish. Below, she's not. And you can even see later on in the session in the afternoon, came back to test the pivot came back for a retest and traded away back down below the pivot. Doesn't mean the whole market is bearish. It just means that was the pivot today and we have a pretty good handle on what's bullish and what's bearish, where traders can be long, where traders can be short, and it hinges around the pivot. Moving right along, let's see what other notes we have leading up into the open. They've reached 446.65, so the first one was before they got there. The next one was after they got there. It's important. It's overhead resistance. The next number was pretty far away, 448.50, and you'll see we did come up with a tweener, I'll call it, an in-between number, came up about 6, 7 cents short of the tweener as high of day, and I'll explain where the tweener is in a few moments and what it is. So already we have this. Shorting 446.65 around the open is higher risk for traders willing and able. The main reason why it's higher risk is because it's right around the open. So there's more activity. There's more opportunity for traders, investors, hedge funds, mutual funds, algorithms, all that stuff to push the market around when there's a flood of volume coming in. So it makes it higher risk. They can get above for a while and come right back to it, which is certainly what happened. It happened after the opening bell. They got above for a while, but they certainly came back down to it. What if they drop them? Very similar to the number that I showed you before, but this one was slightly higher for a different reason. I knew my safety net down there at 444.30. And then you have 445. 
it's a round number just above this number of 444.70. Again, still before the open. Now watch what I show you in a moment. It's a big and fat number and they can certainly stop the tape from falling. 445. Bull bear battle type stuff, which makes a zone between 445 and 444.70. Right. 445 stopped the tape, the top of the zone cited before the opening bell. There's something for everybody in here. If you're actively trading in the markets during the trading day, how are you doing it without this type of information? If you're getting it somewhere else, fantastic. How would you do it without it? That's what I want to know. Put it in the comments section below. Now let's go back to something else because we had traders that shorted 446.65 right at the open. They gave the scalp. That's all they gave. The low is 445.83. What are we looking for for a scalp trade? Five to seven S&P handles, 50 to 70 SPY cents. ES points, five to seven S&P handles. So what did that give you? 446.65 minus 445.83. That was the max. 82 cents, eight points, five to seven is the scalp. That was the base hit. Traders had to take profit there and they were instructed in the live room and inside the numbers, you don't let the rest of the trade go bad on you. So when they went back up, we're not taking any of this ride in a position. You took the base hit, you put it in your pocket and you move on to the next thing that does or does not develop. Maybe there's another trade today around the corner. Maybe there isn't, but you take your profit and you move on. Why? Because base hits put you in the hall of fame. You never know when Mrs. Market is going to give you the double, triple home run, the Whopper Jr., the Whopper trade, the Lollapalooza, all that stuff. You never know which one. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. They have the base hit of around seven points. The rest is trader's choice. You see what's going on here. Every day, it's the same routine. Now watch this, 9.54. As they push higher, the only number on my board is 448.50. That was the only number above the pivot. But it makes a midpoint of 447.55. Let's explain what that is. It's pretty simple stuff. What we're going to do is just use a hypothetical situation down here because we're running out of space up here. You can't see 448.50. So here's what we'll do. We'll pretend the top line is 448.50. The bottom line is 446.65. A midpoint is simply this. Add them together, divide by two. It's the middle. You could do it another way, but that's it. It's the middle. Well, a midpoint is something. So if my numbers are important, is the midpoint in between two numbers or the 50% place in between two numbers important? And the answer is, I teach it in the class. It proves true over time and it is true. So therefore, I run the midpoint and it was 447.57 to be exact. I shaved off a couple of pennies here, makes the midpoint 447.55. If they continue to push up, that was an area of interest. Likely overhead resistance, at least for a while. There's two phases of overhead resistance. The first phase is they stop going higher. The second phase is they either run sideways anytime off the clock or they pull back some. So resistance and support comes in two phases. So by the way, what was high of day? 447.48. 
Seven cents away from the number I put up on the board, nine cents away from the actual midpoint. Hey, you just learned something else here today. There's no secrets. I don't have the patent on this stuff. It's all in the course. It's all on the charts. All you have to do is look at the charts, watch the price action, understand what's going on with everything we teach here, and over time, your results will skyrocket. And by the way, another thing we talk about in the live room just about every day is variable risk. There's a lot of different variable risk things. There's a laundry list of things that are variable risk to a market or trading a market that's already hard enough, already has enough risk in it for most people. So we don't need added variable risk. What's an example of variable risk? Two bites at the apple. That's an example of variable risk. Let me explain, Lucy. Early in the morning, we'll go back to a five-minute chart for this. We're saying that traders can short 446.65. They're opening below it. It's an important place. It produced a small trade, but a trade nonetheless. And here's what happens. And this happened today, and it happens every single day. So we short that. Traders take a base hit, and then they run back up. And I get the question every time, and I understand why, and it's okay. They're going to keep coming in, and I want to answer them because I want traders in the live room to learn what the deal is. So invariably, the question comes in, can we short 446.65 again? And the answer is no. They already gave you the trade. When they come back in, the second time is not the first time. We say it every day in the room multiple times. First time, best time. Again, I don't have the patent on that. That's a trader 101 type of thing. And I tell traders, make sure you don't let the rest go bad on you. And what happened? They start to rise above. We're not long, but other traders may be because they may have tried to short it again, not listening. And then they end up having to cover. They get a little bit of a pie in the face. Maybe it's a little bit of a cupcake. And then the market comes down and they were right anyway. But still, who wants to be there through the torture period? Did we have some traders buy the retest of 446.65 after they got above. And the short answer there is, of course we did. A whole plethora of them in the live room. Why and how did they know that? Because they're in the live room every day. We talk through these things every day. They know where they're wrong. They know what's going on. They're asking questions and we're mapping out the market. The first order of business, you have to have the pivot. You got the gist of what was going on today. I want to make sure you get an opportunity to see all the notes. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart, and double check the work. Still in the donut hole in terms of stocks on the move. That will change in a matter of days when earnings start to roll out. Market will get more volatile and we'll have a bonanza on our hands as we always do in terms of at least in the heart of earnings season. We had Cisco, didn't hit its number, but wait, there's more. Even though there was not a lot of things moving into support after the opening bell as we're getting a melt-up operation, we did have one CNC Centene 64.65 was the number. They came into the number. They bounced off of it, gave you about a buck. Traders in the room took this one, had a nice profit in their pocket, moved on to the next thing. We've got something for everybody. What's going on over in Camp IWM? I gave you 191.50 and you'll find this interesting. Look at the hourly chart. Look where they stayed above. Look where they kept testing. Look at the five-minute chart. 191.50. Test here. Test here. Coming into it in the end of the day. Stayed above it. Stay above it. There's another number above. Come back below it. And that's 
what happens with overhead resistance. Doesn't mean they have to have an immediate reaction from it. That was the next number. We already had a short from the lower number in the IWM. Now my eyes are set on the SPY, not looking to be a hero in the IWM. I've got my eyes and my tentacles out for the number, the stone cold short place in the SPY. Now, I'm not saying this is coming, and I'm not saying it's coming tomorrow, next week, three weeks. I'm just saying if it does, is there a stone-cold short place in the IWM above 191.50? Let's say they don't come back down below 191.50, and they continue to push higher. Where are they going? What's the next place? What's the next big-time place? Now, they don't have to get here. They could stop anywhere, but if they're going to get there, it is a stone-cold short. Might want to put this one on a sticky note. 196. That's the number. Could it be 195.91? Could it be 196.07? 196.22? Absolutely. 196 is the actual calculator number. Where'd they stop today? Weekly chart, 100 period, moving average, not out of the ordinary garden variety type of information. Now, the IWM did have some relative strength today against the S&P 500. Not much, but a little bit. And therefore, we take notice because it is my favorite market-leading indicator. Stay with me on this because we have the folks down at the transportation department. My second favorite market-leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. Little bit extended far away from home base. That's item number one. Non-participating in the rally today, item number two. Not down a lot, down 25 points. In percentage terms, it's a rounding error, but we're going to heed the thing. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Doesn't mean the market's collapsing. Doesn't mean it's uber bearish. It means the canary in the coal mine was not participating in the rally. We take it at face value. It's a puzzle piece. We note it. It's knowledge. Knowledge is power. It's information. Doesn't mean we can use the information directly same day, but we want to know all these type of things that shape the market. The Qs, on the other hand, were participating in the rally. They made a new high today. Now watch this. The former high is 372.85. Okay, that's up here. You had this lower high. So they've gapped above. They made a high today of 374.19, but look where they closed. 372.82 against the high here, 372.85. So the 372.85 is officially the breakout area, but they haven't really got above it yet. They spiked above it by a few pennies or a dollar or two today. But once they do get above, that's the area they have to stay above. Well, what's interesting to me is where the close was, 372.82. Three cents below. It doesn't mean anything today directly. And they're above it after hours as they're trading a little bit higher. So it doesn't have that much meaning today. It's just the concept of there are no accidents or coincidences. Same routine in the XLF. Once they started to break out above that 200 period moving average, ate some time off the clock. We said they would start to break above or climb above or climb into the big breakdown candle. And the candle is from here to here. And there's no guarantee in where they'll stop, whether or not they get to the top. But look where they are, right? They're doing the thing. No accidents, no coincidences, and no surprises because we talk about all these things, most of them before they take place. Why is that? How can we do that? Because all charts act and react the same way. 
I teach that and prove the point in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. Smash Mouth, we talked about breaking the chain of the lower highs. What was I talking about? High, lower high. If they break the chain, that doesn't matter. They broke the chain today. They're above that high, this high here, so it makes no difference anymore. We turn our attention to, above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend. There's still relative weakness on the chart against the stuff making new highs, namely the Qs. So we have to look at that and say, how come the SMH isn't making new highs and the Qs are? Why is that? Forget about all the rebalancing stuff. Forget about all the top heavy weighted stuff. Apple, NVIDIA, Microsoft, Netflix, Google, all that stuff. Forget about the rebalancing, the Qs, all that stuff. It's just the point of the SMH or the semiconductor index on the chart at face value is not making new highs. Is there relative weakness? Is this a signal of something coming down the road? If they start to catch up and make new highs, that signal goes away. We just take it at face value today. And by the way, have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I am David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense market analysis.